feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And there are lots of developments tonight, everybody, on this Monday night on the Rita Cosby Show. Will Ukraine get the weapons that they need? And what the heck is President Biden waiting for, everybody? Welcome to the Rita Cosby Show. We are looking at some of the latest poll numbers. And if you look at almost every single category with President Biden, especially on his leadership of Ukraine, the numbers are dismal because people are very worried what is ahead. And tonight, some new developments. There is an eight-mile convoy that is headed toward the southeastern part of Ukraine as we speak. And the Ukrainians are bracing because it is a massive Russian convoy and looks like it is heavily armored. And there is intense concern that they may make it to that eastern part. That's the Donbass region. And that's where like Mariupol and some of these other cities that we've talked a lot about on the show are located. Meantime, by the way, Mariupol is getting pounded. There are people that are saying that there are now reports And Ukrainian officials are saying that they cannot confirm it, but they are indeed looking into the possibility that there may have been some sort of Russian chemical attack in Mariupol. Again, Ukrainian officials say they can't confirm it, but they are obviously looking at these reports seriously and trying to see if there is any merit to these reports. And that, of course, is a huge concern because one of the other big news that we're learning is that the Russians have brought back this general. His name is General Alexander Devarnikov. Uh, He's basically been fighting in the Russian military since 1982. And that's a name, I recognize that name. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is known as the Butcher of Syria. He's been in that region for a bit of time, and that's sort of his territory, but they basically have made him in charge. And that is a very ominous sign For the Ukrainian people, because we know what happened in Syria. Uh, They literally, you know, in Aleppo, you think about the chemical attack, it killed tens of thousands of people. So what is our president going to do, you guys? We're going to talk about that later on in the show. I want to get your take because I am very concerned where this is headed. And I'm very concerned at the lackluster leadership Of our President Biden. He has, boy, has been following. I mean, over the weekend, we saw Boris Johnson in there who was walking around and walking in Kiev with Zelensky. You know, that's that's a leader. We also saw, remember, the Polish prime minister and a number of others. They went in on the train and they went to see him. But our president seems to, like, be afraid of going anywhere. He won't even go to our southern border. And we're going to talk a lot about that tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, here is President Zelensky of Ukraine saying that he is desperate to get military hardware and he knows that time is of the essence because that convoy is headed straight to his country. And he says he needs weapons now and he's not sure that the world is going to give it to him. 
Whether we will be able to survive depends on this. I have 100% confidence in our people and in our armed forces, but unfortunately I don't have the confidence that we will be receiving everything we need. Wow, how heartbreaking is that? And I contend everybody, and we're going to take your calls in the next hour on this, as to what they need right now. What the heck are we waiting for? The Ukrainian people have shown that they are courageous and they are ready to fight. Why are we waiting? Why is the world waiting? And Germany, by the way, shame on them. Germany was going to give martyr tanks to Ukraine, and then they decided, no, we need it for our own protection. You know, forgive me. If you're looking at the world right now, I would think Ukraine needs the tanks a little sooner than Germany needs it right now. That, to me, is so outrageous. And a number of countries have made promises that they have not delivered on. And Zelensky's like, why am I waiting for the red tape, guys? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You guys all know how much I feel about fighting for freedom. My father being a Polish resistance fighter who fought there in World War II. My father was a young teenage freedom fighter who was putting together Molotov cocktails and throwing them at German tanks in World War II when the Germans invaded his country of Poland. So I think we have to give these people everything that they are asking for and more because they have shown that they have the guts to fight in Ukraine. And they have the guts to fight and the will to win, and they have a chance to win. But this window is soon because May 9th is Victory Day, everybody, in Russia. That's the day that they tout their victory over the Germans in Russia. So they're going to want to have some sort of win. They're going to want to have something that they can go around and kind of brag about and talk about and showcase to their country. Vladimir Putin, you know well. So we have to hurry up and give them the might and the military, all the hardware right now. I think now's the time to bring in the MiGs, do whatever you can, because that is a narrow window. And now as we are hearing reports of this butcher of Syria general, uh, this is not going to be pretty. This is going to be really, really tough. And our president better get off his butt and start acting like a leader. That is my thoughts, everybody. Meantime, one of the other big area, of course, is our U.S. southern border. And not only has he, I think, been a disaster with Ukraine's borders, he's been a disaster with our borders. And I want to hear your thoughts of how concerned you are now that Title 42 is about to be lifted next month on May 23rd. How serious do you think this is and how big of a national security risk is this? I think this is voluminous. And I think that there are many things that many of those border state governors, basically all our states are now border states, sadly, because of this president. But I really believe there are so many things that they could be doing. Our president hasn't even gone to the border while he's been president. He drove through in like a like a quickie visit on a campaign stop years ago. That's the closest he's been to the border, which is astounding. Because now that Title 42, which is, of course, that precaution that is supposed to be in place and is in place, even though the Biden administration isn't really adhering to it, that's supposed to be throwing them out for health reasons, essentially using that as a criteria. And if you think things are bad right now, wait till Title 42 is going to be lifted. I can't wait to get your calls on this because, to me, this is an enormous national security threat. 
The number is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Well, here is Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas, and listen to this stunning number. This blew me away, guys, when you hear the number of individuals that he says will be in our country, our beautiful United States of America. And he says by the end of 2024, Biden's term, first term, maybe his only term, we'll find out, right? But at the end of 2024, this is how many illegal immigrants will be in this country. He says the number and the proportion to legal immigrants is staggering. Take a listen. We are facing a situation on the border. By the end of the first term of Joe Biden, nearly 20% of all Americans will be here illegally. 20% of all Americans will be here illegally, according to Governor Dan Patrick, at the rate that we are going now. You heard it right. One in five is what he believes will be an illegal immigrant, not those who are, you know, go through the process and are legal immigrants and become citizens. Uh, like my parents, by the way, I'm a first generation American, everybody. And many of you know my dad was rescued by American troops. He couldn't wait to come to this great country called America that's the beacon on the hill and that represents freedom and represents leadership and democracy to the world. But right now, this president has made the border a leaky, leaky sieve, and everybody is just bracing at the border. And in fact, coming up just about 20 minutes or so here on The Rita Cosby Show, we're going to be talking to former Border Patrol Commissioner Mark Morgan, who was there under then-President Trump under the border, was his uh, purview. He just came back from several days at the southern border in our country taking a look at the situation, talking to Border Patrol agents. He's been there, obviously, many, many times, but he literally just got back a few days ago, and he said what he discovered was stunning. And he is going to be joining us about 20 minutes here on the show to give us his take about that visit, what he learned, and what he thinks is ahead with Title 42 that's being lifted by this administration. Why the heck would they be lifting Title 42? At a time right now where we're seeing some rise in COVID cases in a number of places, we're also seeing a number of other issues, too. We're seeing fentanyl bursting through the seams. It's a leading cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds in America. Why would we ever lift Title 42? You could maybe say, hey, fentanyl is a health crisis. Opioids, that's a health crisis. It sure is claiming so many lives. It's a leading cause of death in this country. Don't you think you could find a creative way, if you wanted to, to keep Title 42 in place? You bet you could. But this administration does not want to do it. And in fact, Rob Astorino, he is the Westchester County Executive in New York. He's the guy who busted, remember, all the other flights that came out before, those secret in the middle of the night flights with migrants that at first the White House said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then when finally he showed the video of them getting off the planes, 
and also had the hidden video of like federal law enforcement discussing it. Then they're like, well, it wasn't really in the middle of the night. It was two, three in the morning. That's morning. That was circle back Saki's answer, which was just outrageous. I couldn't believe that. But now he is saying that more flights are coming in and that he even witnessed one this weekend at the same airport, Westchester County Airport in New York. Take a listen. I talked with Rob earlier today, and he is now a New York gubernatorial candidate, also, again, former Westchester County executive. And this is how he described what happened to him this weekend and what he saw of illegal migrants making more secret flights. You know, I followed the flight. I got a tip on Sunday night. So I actually went to the airport and I followed one of the buses and it went up to northern Westchester and it dropped off uh, these, you know, I would say 12 to 17, 18 year old boys uh, at a particular school. So it is happening. It is getting worse. And not one question from the public has been answered. And so that is what Rob was saying. And take a listen. So he discussed a little bit more of what he says is happening at the border and what he says the Biden administration is doing for these migrants that he followed over the weekend. The lies that have been told by the Biden administration are just numerous because they won't answer the most basic questions about who is coming in. You know, this whole thing is, is twisted and turned, just like every word in the English language these days. These are not refugees, okay? They're not. These are people who are coming over the They're border migrants. illegally. They're not even migrants. Migrants, generally speaking, are seasonal workers. These are people coming over the border illegally. They know exactly what to say because they're told, you know, claim you're persecuted or you're, you're a refugee. And then they basically get an appearance ticket, and then they get a phone, courtesy of the federal government, you and me, and then they get everything else, including placements in schools, housing. Wow. And he also talked about the cell phones, because that's the other new thing we're finding out, is that those that are coming into the country illegally will soon have cell phones, smartphones, courtesy of the U.S. government, and they say it's basically going to be the honor code. We're going to give them a phone, and then they're going to have to check in with the folks that are watching them, you know, basically the border officials to come in, and here's when your court appearance is, here's when this is. So it's basically the honor system. I will bet you a couple million bucks, everybody, that you could probably count them on one hand, essentially, those that are going to actually either be keeping the phones or that are going to be replying to anybody that's of a legal nature saying, yeah, sure, I'll be back uh, for my court appearance in three years. Yeah, I'll stay in state. Yeah, sure. That is the biggest, biggest joke. And that, to me, breaks my heart because our national security is a major issue. And it's already a leaky sieve at the border And it's about to get a lot worse, courtesy of this administration. When we come back, I want to take your calls, everybody here on the Rita Cosby Show. Get your thoughts as to what you think is going on with Title 42. And boy, cases are going up. Look, Nancy Pelosi's got it. A number of people that other people in Washington have it. The New York City mayor, Eric Adams, has COVID. But there's no COVID at the U.S. southern border. 
uh-uh-uh-uh, no problem in a wave, Title 42, and not vaccinate anybody at our U.S. southern border. That is a dereliction of duty. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And it's getting rough on the border. Things are getting really tough, especially for Border Patrol agents. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show, and we are talking about the lifting of Title 42, which was basically a health policy that was in place to basically send illegal immigrants back, saying that it's a health threat to America that was in place during COVID. President Trump put it in, and so we have to do away to protect our country. And now this administration has made it a one big, open, leaky sieve. And coming up, by the way, in about 10 minutes or so, we're going to be talking to former Border Patrol Commissioner Mark Morgan, who is there under President Trump. He just came back from several days at the border. I can't wait to have him here on the show to give us his take of what he saw firsthand and what he thinks is ahead with the lifting of Title 42 by the Biden administration. It's like anything that was Trump, even if it was a great idea, they just want to get rid of a border wall. Let's get rid of it. Title 42, let's get rid of it. At a time where definitely COVID cases are rising, you can bet if it wasn't President Trump who put it in place, they'd say, God, what a great idea. Talk about hypocrisy. Well, we have talked about what happened also at Westchester County Airport And the reason I bring this up, the former Westchester County, New York executive, Rob Astorino, saw more flights coming in this weekend in the middle of the night, sneaking in full of migrants, as you just heard. And here's a little bit more about the type of people that he saw coming in. And I can tell you, in my school district in Westchester, just my little school district, we've had 20 new kids this year come in, none of whom speak English, all of whom need services. You multiply that around the area of Westchester, Long Island, and other parts, and you're talking about a, an exponential amount of kids coming in. So this, this whole thing stopped after we blew it up and then the New York Post blew it up um, in January. But then it restarted again. And, of course, remember when they blew it up in January, it made headlines across the country And here's a little bit of that hidden audio where Rob Astorino obtained this with agents talking when the flight, these are the flights that happened last year. Listen to where they say, gosh, we got to keep this quiet. We can't get this out. This doesn't look good. Take a listen. Here's that secret video and audio where you will hear them talking to keep it hush hush from the American public. You don't want to be somewhere where no, I, I get it. I just, like I said. Stuff that we don't tell people because what we don't want to do is attract attention. We don't want the media. Yeah. Like, we don't even know where we're going when they tell us. Wow. Like, we don't even know where they're going. We don't want it to get out there. Boy, God forbid the American public knows what's really happening by this administration on illegal immigration. Let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tommy on line three. Your thoughts, Tommy, about the fact that it is going to be a waterfall. It's going to be a deluge of illegal immigrants coming through as if it hasn't been bad enough already. Well, I agree with you. Good evening, Rita. Um, my opinion is the illegals are not Amer- – you said before that the American population will be 20 percent of um, illegals. Well, yeah. I, change, I want you to change that to the illegals are not Americans. 20 percent of the population will be illegal, not 20 percent of Americans. And I just don't like that. I don't like that connotation that um, – they're Americans because they're not. No, that's a fair they're point. Actually, good. that's a great point. You're right, because they are technically not American citizens. So it should be uh, 20% of the numbers are illegal immigrants and the rest are bona fide Americans. That's a great point. All right. This is killing our sovereignty. And because Biden is responsible, he is committing treason. Because of the, the, um, the definition of treason, this is a, 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 a shortened version of betraying the country and killing our sovereignty. That's the short version of the definition of treason. And that's what Biden's doing. And well, Biden is making our country broke. And this is another another betrayal. He's making us broke. And by the way, Tommy, also, that's a very good point in terms of this, basically the issue for the president is to protect the homeland. We're going to have more after the break. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, and again in the next hour, we do our Support Our Heroes segment where we honor military men and women. But I love backing the blue and supporting our men and women in uniform and law enforcement. And this story comes from Greenfield, Massachusetts, where an orphaned bear cub was saved by police in Massachusetts after a car crash sadly killed Mother Bear. Well, a bear cub is safe at Tufts Wildlife Clinic after his family was tragically killed by a car on Friday. Around 8.45 p.m., police responded to a car crash on a major thoroughfare that killed a mother bear and two cubs. Officers at the scene suddenly heard squealing and found a very scared third little cub that was able to seek refuge and safety by climbing a tree. Now, since the cub was now orphaned and in danger, two of the officers were able to rescue the animal, put him in the back of the cruiser, and bring him to the police station. A kennel then was able to retrieve him and kept him safe, and then finally he was brought to Tufts Wildlife Clinic on Saturday morning and is said to be doing well. And again, all in a day's work for our men and women in blue, who, boy, do they go on very, very different calls all the time. Well, we are talking, of course, about the fact that many law enforcement may soon be coming to the U.S. southern border, and that is because 
after Title 42 is expected to be lifted. That's the provision that's basically a health provision, which was able to keep people out of the country for, quote, health reasons during COVID. They were using that. The Trump administration started it. And now the Biden administration says, surprise, surprise, next month they are lifting it. And people are expecting a deluge of illegal immigrants to cross the border. Take a listen. This is what Texas Governor Greg Abbott has to say. He is also planning to actually put migrants that cross the border after Title 42 is lifted. He's going to put them on buses, he said, and bring them to Capitol Hill and to the White House to show the Biden administration. Take a look at all the people that are crossing in just the last few minutes. By the way, he's going to need a lot of buses because they are anticipating that it could be as many as eighteen to 20,000 people crossing the border every day. And he's not alone. Ron DeSantis is also the governor of Florida saying he's going to put them on buses, but he's going to send them to Delaware, Biden's home state. Here's a little bit of Governor Greg Abbott talking about the disastrous effect that Title 42 is going to have on our national security and our own southern border. Well, we're going to be seeing, based upon the prognostications of the Biden administration itself, is going to be cataclysmic in what happens in border-related regions. And joining us now to discuss all of this is the former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. under then-President Trump, Ambassador Kelly Kraft. Ambassador Kraft, great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me today. You know, Ambassador Kraft, what's your reaction to President Zelensky of Ukraine? He was pleading today to the U.N. Security Council to basically remove Russia or if not dissolve. Why do you exist, basically? You know, I can completely understand President Zelensky's anger. If you if you think about the way the veto power has been abused, you know, it has been abused as far as using it more frequently to protect individual countries' interests or, you know, actually for very cheap political reasons. And, and from my perspective, from holding, you know, countries accountable. And this misuse of the veto is undermining the entire legitimacy of the council, and it's really preventing the Security Council from having an effective, you know, from really a fulfilling its duty. And what is that duty? Rita, that duty is to maintain international peace and security. That's why they were formed in 1945. Exactly right. And so here, Russia and places like China as well have the veto power. So what can they do? Can they be removed? Can Russia be removed? Because to your point, Ambassador Kraft, it seems stunning that they would be on a Security Council designed to keep the peace and have mutual respect. Surely what they've done has not adhered to that. Well, I think that you're looking at Article 27 of the U.N. Charter, and it's a little more complicated because if you remember, there are other countries that would like to also change and to be part of the P5. So once you begin making change, then you're opening this up to having to – I mean, we would like, obviously, for China not to have veto power. And, And there are other countries that believe they deserve a seat on the council as part of a P5. So at this moment, I think that this is something to, you know, to put on the back burner. It's more complicated than people understand. What I'm very concerned about 
are the revelations that we all witnessed today that were played out in the Security Council and for the rest of the world to see in Busha. I mean, these revelations, I would be very angry if I were President Zelensky because, you know, he understands this is standard operation in the practice of this war by the Russians. This is what they did in Syria. And Busha is only an example of what is happening in other areas. So what does the world need to do now? What do you think? Well, I firmly believe that the Russians wanted to drive all of our focus on areas that are free. Because if they focus, if we focus on Busha and the, the fact that these atrocities are horrendous, do you know this is going on right now in areas under their control and other areas that will soon come under their control? So this is basically, I believe, ethnic cleansing. This is no different than Rwanda or the Balkans. I mean, this is it's systemization by a huge state actor to a subjugated population. This is happening every single day. What's happened in Busha is peanuts to what's happening and what's going on right now in Mariupol and what's going on in the east. Zelensky is not asking us to send our troops in. He's asking us for resources, resources to stop these atrocities. But we need to act. So I want to ask you, Ambassador Kraft, what does that mean? Does that mean, do you believe from your experience, and you know, you were a terrific ambassador, you know the UN, you know so many of these developments that are happening. Do you believe that, indeed, we should be sending, what, more military hardware? Uh, you're talking about the MiGs. What are you suggesting? I think we should send everything that Zelensky is requesting. Remember, he's not asking us to send our troops. He's not asking us to go to war. He is asking for military equipment to be able to defend Ukraine. This is what he's asking for. You know, what I'm concerned about, we talk about, and I think it's great that, that President Biden is, it has identified him as a war criminal. He is. And now we're speaking about war, you know, the war, the, the trials in the, within the international system. That's great. But we should do that in, later on. What I'm worried about right now, and I know, Rita, you're worried about this also, is what's going to happen. Are more women going to be raped between now and May the 5th, the Victory Day, which is what I think Putin is shooting for on May the 5th? Are more people going to be executed? Are more families going to be displaced? I mean, this is urgent. We have got to mobilize our voices. We've all got to be singing the same song together very loudly from both sides of our party. So do you believe, Ambassador Kraft, now is the time that, you know, united together, we say we're going to give everything we can. Again, still, you know, their boots on the ground, not U.S. boots on the ground, but give them everything militarily, um, clearly ASAP, because there is a narrow window. Absolutely. I mean, they're asking us to mobilize. They're asking us to, to engage all of the countries that have been asked to, to give, whether it's the MIGs, whether it's the 400s. We need to give more than just more than what we're giving at this moment because Putin is driving toward whatever line that he can get to by May the 5th so that then he can offer a ceasefire. And I think we talked about this earlier in the week the two of us, what he's going to do if we don't insist that we move his line back to where it was before the invasion, 
He's going to get where he wants to be, continuing future activity of of the same things that we've all just witnessed in Busha, and then he's going to start it all over again. These mass rapes, these targeted executions, you know, they're going into these cities. You know, they're checking people's, you know, their phones to see where they're aligned with. They're checking their, 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 some of them are being released. Some people are being detained. Some are being forcibly conscripted. They're checking them for, you know, Russian nationalist tattoos. They're examining the inhabitants of these cities. We need to give whatever resources from the U.S., from NATO, from the world to liberate these areas now. Do you believe, Ambassador Kraft, as chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley, said today that this could last years? Do you believe that? And obviously nobody wants that. No, no one wants that. But I I, I don't know about years, but if what we're all witnessing is occurring, I believe it could be a slow process. And when in, in war lasting years, I think there's going to be a, a war on our economy. So there's going to be several unintended consequences that we're seeing now, whether it's from the famine on the continent of Africa, you know, the lack of wheat, the fertilizer, the, you know, it's, it's going to be causing conflict in areas because as you know, when there's famine, in countries, conflicts arise. So not only will this war be drawn out in Ukraine, but it's going to cause other conflicts to become reignited. Conflicts that we've actually, the U.S. and the world has has had success in mitigating. Yeah, it, it's been amazing. And just as you talk about, there will be more fallout as you're talking about. And some of these numbers are astounding of the amount of refugees that, of course, mm-hmm. keep pouring out of Ukraine. And that is going to continue. So there's going to be so many different mm-hmm. effects. Um, Ambassador Kelly Craft, thank you very, very much. We appreciate your insight on such an important day. And great to have you here, the former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. under President Trump. Thanks for being with us, Ambassador. Thank you very much. And awesome to have Ambassador Kelly Kraft, Trump's ambassador to the U.N., talking about Russia. By the way, also former Border Patrol Commissioner Mark Morgan is going to be joining us in about 25 minutes or so here on the Rita Cosby Show. He's just literally getting back uh, from the U.S. southern border. So we're going to get his take on everything that he is seeing firsthand. And we're going to be talking about that and also taking your calls. In the meantime, we are talking about Russia, Ukraine, and the fact that there is an eight-mile convoy, a massive convoy that is coming from Russia, and it is close to the eastern part of the country. And also now the general known as the Butcher of Syria, who was basically in charge when they gassed Tens of thousands of people in Syria. That guy has now been appointed by President Putin to be in charge of operations in Ukraine. That is not a good thing for the Ukrainian people. What are your thoughts about all of this? And what do you think of President Biden's handling of the situation in Ukraine? Some of the latest polls show that overwhelmingly, Americans are disappointed, and that doesn't just include Republicans. That's Democrats and independents overwhelmingly disappointed with his lack of leadership and concern that he cannot handle the situation in Ukraine. 
And boy, things may get a lot worse there based on what we're seeing from these satellite images. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go real quick to uh, George on line one. George, your thoughts about what's going on in Ukraine and uh, and the president's handling or lack thereof, as I see it. Hello, Ms. Frida. I listen to your show every night on the way home, and I've just come to the conclusion after 47 days, Biden's not going to do anything. Yeah, and isn't that sad, George? Isn't that heartbreaking for the Ukrainian people and for the world? I mean, here you have freedom on the line. You got the Ukrainians that are fighting like lions, and, you know, they're fighting with everything they've got. And he's like dilly-dallying on giving equipment. It seems like, you know, I had I talked to Jack Keane last week, George, and mm-hmm. you may have heard it. And he was saying that he believes that Biden is basically more worried about Putin than wanting to help Zelensky, that he'd rather have a stalemate than then he can sort of force Zelensky to maybe carve up part of his country. And Zelensky's not going to want that. And why should the Ukrainians have to do that? If we had armed them appropriately, can you imagine how different it would have been under President Trump, George? What are your thoughts? Oh, with Trump, nothing nothing like this would have ever happened. And if you look at it, Biden's a coward. He's bought and paid for by the Russians, bought and paid for by the Chinese. And as you said to before, with the uh, the border crisis, they're trying to collapse this economy. Yeah, they want this country to go third world. They are they like knocking us from every direction, George. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Like the fact that he's barely doing anything over there with a major threat to world security. And then our southern border, where now, you know, where more than 150 countries have had illegal immigrants cross our border and of late don't you think we need to be watching our southern border between everything that's going on with Russia? Don't you think Russia might want to send somebody in or the Iranians might want to send somebody in? I mean, this is like, are you kidding me? At a time like this to have an open border, you have to be nuts. And what kills you, too, is and the Mexicans, they don't worry about it. The Mexican government, you try to infiltrate their company, their country, you try to immigrate there illegally, you'll be thrown out so fast your head would spin. I know. And, and you know, the George, Mexican, the Mexicans turn a blind eye to this. Yeah, you had a great point because the, the standards, I never thought I would say, boy, they have much better standards than we do in terms of their security. But you are absolutely right. They wouldn't tolerate it. You know, I mean, that's what's so outrageous. But yet this president has allowed it and continues to allow it. And the sad thing is it is about to get cataclysmic by many people's you know, many people who have been at the border and know this area, they are really worried. We're going to continue with their calls, everybody. George, thank you. And everybody, the number is one 800 848 We are talking about Ukraine's borders and our southern border. Major issues from all different directions, national and international security to the teeth. one 800 848 And... You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the threats to our homeland, not just, of course, the situation In Ukraine, which is a major issue, and again, an eight-mile convoy headed right now toward 
northeastern Ukraine, and that's the Donbass region. That is where Mariupol, that town that has been isolated for weeks now, and they believe that there's about 160,000 potentially people that are in Mariupol. And that particular area has just been getting pounded from the air and from the sea and continues to get pounded. The people have not gotten electricity or power. Uh, They're getting starved to death because nothing's able to kind of come in. Barely anybody has been able to get out. The Russians have said they're going to create these humanitarian corridors. And then when they started to do that, they started hitting the convoys of those people that were leaving, that were trying to flee from Mariupol. So nobody, it seems, has been getting in and nobody's been getting out. And the Mariupol mayor has said that he believes the situation in that town is, needless to say, catastrophic, that there will be thousands of people dead uh, when the Russians finally leave. And let's hope that that happens soon. But the Russians are right now coming closer and closer to towns like that, hitting that eastern part of the country. And again, as we were talking about, also a guy known as the Butcher of Syria, this general who has a history of brutality against civilians. He is now in charge of basically the whole Ukraine operation for Vladimir Putin. And boy, is that a frightening proposition for the Ukrainian people. Um, We're also talking about our U.S. border and security in our country as Title 42 is about to be lifted. And coming up, by the way, on the show in just about a little less than 10 minutes, Mark Morgan, who has been coming back from the border, so he is going to be right in the middle of it all, guys, is going to be talking about what he has seen firsthand there at the border. He's been in McAllen, Texas, and a number of other locations, former U.S. patrol Border Patrol Commissioner under President Trump is going to be joining us to talk about firsthand what he thinks is going to happen after Title 42 is lifted next month by the Biden administration. What are your thoughts about this security issue and particularly, of course, about Ukraine with all these ominous news developments that are coming from that region tonight? one 800 848 Two, two. Let's go to Larry on line two. Larry, your thoughts about everything, particularly uh, with this word of this eight-mile convoy heading to the eastern part, which has just been getting pummeled since the Russians came in in February. First of all, Reed, I don't mean to be critical, but you take too much of the show summarizing, re-summarizing yourself. Anyway, look. I think right now what has to be done. Hey, Larry, you know why we do that? Because not every I wish everybody would stay as long as you do. But we like to do we like to repeat it for everybody because who knows who's joining us now? We like we welcome everybody on the show. So go ahead, Larry. Uh, People could pick it up for themselves. Okay, that's the truth. Larry, Um, Larry, just because you are smart and sharp, uh, you know, you you know, some people are just joining us. It's a busy night. People got things to do. But go ahead, Larry. I wish everybody would listen to the whole thing. So go ahead, Larry. They don't have to be be spoon fed for crying out loud. Go ahead, Larry. Go ahead. Okay, listen, uh, you know, tough times call for tough measures. It's it's, um, I think that weapons have to be sent to the to, to the Ukrainians. To try to take to try to send some missiles into the Kremlin to take out Putin, you have to take this war to his bedroom if you can. Now the advantage they have is all right, Larry. Now I know that you are drunk because who is who in their right mind is going to say, okay, we're going to send a missile to the Kremlin? I mean, I believe me, 
in a fairy tale land, that would be great. But you know that ain't going to happen. Our president is even sending weapons into Ukraine. You think he's going to send a weapon to the Kremlin? The only uh, people, pers- we're not the only people sending weapons. What I'm trying to say is they have to take out this general. The, the, the tactical advantage is they don't know, the Russians don't know what weapons the Ukrainians currently have. So they could be sent some surprise weapons that are not previously assessed. That may be how they took out so many generals already. And by so the have- and by the way, Larry, I would love it if they didn't telegraph exactly what they're sending. And I will agree with you on that. I don't agree with anything else, but I do agree with that part. I wish they weren't telegraphing what they have. And believe me, it would be nice if a little surprise happened to the Kremlin. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And just a few hours ago, President Biden came out saying that he is going to crack down on ghost guns. These are the guns that don't have serial numbers. You can basically put them together with a kit online. They're not registered. And he says he is going after those who use ghost guns. I think that that's a good thing, by the way, because if you can't register it and if it's done covertly, guess what? They're using them for illegal means. On the other hand, where are the comments from him about bail reform, about soft on crime DAs? Where are the comments from him about repeat offenders? We're going to take your calls on that later on in this hour because, boy, are the Democrats missing the mark. They're so focused on guns, 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 not talking at all about Second Amendment rights, and they don't seem to care whatsoever about recidivism and repeat offenders and getting tough on criminals. In fact, today, President Biden was basically saying, you know what, we want to make sure that people get on the right path, that they do some time and they basically get on the right path. But, oh, those terrible, terrible guns. Yes, ghost guns, I do think, are a huge issue. But they are so set on going after guns. What about the people who use the guns? Is it all about gun control? What about thug control, guys? And I can't wait to get your take on that because crime is skyrocketing across America. And it's not all guns. I mean, there's cases of, you know, of knives. There's cases of, you know, of strangulations. There's cases people being pushed into subways. Uh, There's a lot of cases out there. I think, you know, you want to go after illegal guns like these ghost guns that you can't track. But you also should go after perpetrators. What about throwing the book at perpetrators? Why are they talking about making sure that they are doing okay and get get rehabilitated, get jobs, do all these other things? What about making sure they pay a price so they don't commit the crime again? And so the message gets back to their buddies not to commit the crime again, too. I really feel this administration is missing some key parts, and we're going to talk about that. Meantime, boy, are they missing some key parts at the U.S southern border and joining us in just about a minute or so we are going to have former border patrol commissioner mark morgan take a listen this is will kane on fox news earlier today talking about the lifting of title 42 and what he says is going to happen at our u.s southern border as a result 
The single most ignored word in our border and immigration debates, illegal. Yes. Does everybody fully understand, involved in this debate, we're we talking know about difference. people who break the law. Yeah. We're not talking about people who go through the legal immigration process. One in five of us, 20% of our population here illegally, that's a country headed for national suicide. And Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas had this to say, because he said, boy, this is going to be cataclysmic for America. You add the 30 million in four years to the other 30 million, that's 60 million people here illegally in the United States. That's 20 percent of the population. The Democrats on the left want to take over the country, and you can take over the country. When you allow, in a four-year period under Joe Biden, 30 million people in here, more people than live in Texas, in four years, because the next thing, they'll want to give them a green card because they can't work without a Social Security number. The next thing, they'll want to give them citizenship and, of course, the right to vote. And then you've lost your country. Wake up, America. And joining us now to discuss this is Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Mark, um, I understand you just came back from the border. What did you see? I I sure did, Rita. So uh, we went there. I was was there for about uh, two and a half, almost three days. And we went to McAllen, Texas. It has been and continues to be one of the really the epicenter of the crisis southwest border. And we really focused our time on on getting a firsthand, up close and personal look at Governor Abbott's Operation Lone Star. That's an operation that started back uh, last year in March. And and, uh, he's devoted about uh, 1,500 state troopers as well as 6,500 National Guard personnel that have, have really gone to the southwest border and they're doing a job that 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 has been um left the gap has been left by this administration to try to secure our borders and i tell you what the men and women they're, they're, they're just doing an incredible job trying to, to protect our borders how concerned are they about the lifting of title 42 which is you know about a month away a little over a month away well, that's a good question. That's one thing that we saw. They were actually conducting uh, mock operations and in anticipation specifically of Title 42 going away. They know. They've seen the same intelligence. Uh, they're hearing the same thing we are. That Once Title 42 ends, you're going to see this significant new tidal wave of illegal aliens that are going to come across the border. DHS's own numbers are suggesting it could be, you know, uh, up to 18,000. Now, I, I don't, I'm not sure we're going to see, I think that's worst case scenario because we, we're already seeing it. And as you and I discussed a few minutes ago is look, we're, we're, title 42 or not, we're, we're already in the middle of an unmitigated catastrophe along our Southwest border. I mean, the numbers right now, daily numbers are already in excess of 8,000. The first six months of this fiscal year, they've already had a million encounters and six and 300,000 gotaways. So title 42, once that ends, this is how I've been describing it. It's going to be like the Hindenburg crashing into the Titanic once title 42 ends. Wow. And as you talk out, the numbers are already huge. Um, And we've even seen, as you mentioned, some huge numbers that it could be like anywhere from 18 to 20,000 a day. I heard some staggering number, Mark Morgan. I want to get your reaction. Um, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick there of Texas came out and he said that he believes by 2024, uh, you know, the end of uh, Biden's administration or the end of his first term, um, it'll be about 20 percent of all Americans will be here illegally. By 2024, that's a stunning, that's one in five. Yeah, well, look at it. I mean, look look at what's happened 
Uh, let's take the, the, the first 12 months of this administration. I keep telling people because you, know, you hear this 1.7 million apprehensions. That, Rita, that, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg. In the first 12 months of the administration, it, it's closer to 3 million. And, and how do I get that? that? That's 2 million apprehensions, 600,000 gotaways, and 400,000 turnbacks. As the name suggests, those that try to illegally enter but turn back to avoid apprehension. You add those numbers up, in the first 12 months of this administration, 3 million illegal aliens tried to uh, uh, um, enter our southwest border. And now, this fiscal year, going back to fiscal year, it's, it's going to dwarf last year. I'm estimating that at a minimum, we're going to see 3.5 million uh, migrants try to illegally enter our border this fiscal year. Two more years of that? I mean, you're looking at between 15 to 20 million illegal aliens will, will have tried to illegally enter our border in just four years under this administration. Add that to the 20-plus million we already have illegal aliens in this country. I think the lieutenant governor's math is, is pretty darn close. Wow, that is stunning. Now, I want to get your thoughts. Um, Ross Vote, uh, Russ Vote, and a number of others, and I believe Ken Cuccinelli and others have talked about the standard for, quote, an invasion. I know it's something that Attorney uh, General um, Mark Burnovich of Arizona has also brought yep. up. Describe what that is, and if you think that's applicable, just coming back from the border, Mark Morgan. So I do, and I've, 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 uh, I've, I've been uh, talking to Ken a lot, and uh, and I, I absolutely believe that right now what's happening on the southwest border is an invasion, and that's my personal opinion based on the current facts. Look, the Constitution, that's why I've said for a long time this is a constitutional crisis as well, and look, the Constitution is very clear on this, is that the federal government has a mandated responsibility to protect the states from threats from outside. This administration is clearly, it's called the Guarantee Clause. This administration has clearly abdicated their responsibility under the Guarantee Clause to protect states. And now, so the next question goes is, do the states have a right to protect themselves? The Constitution is very clear on that. Yes, they do. And so, look, once once the decision and once we get over the hump is what's happening on the southwest border and is an invasion, now now the Constitution said states can't enforce what they need and how they need to do it to protect themselves. They don't need the federal government to help. And that's exactly what's being discussed more. And that's exactly, I really encourage your listeners to go to A.G. Baranovich from Arizona, like you said, and look at his legal analysis. He did a great job on it. And I think it absolutely satisfies what the forefathers' intent of invasion was. How much do you think this is going to be a huge issue for the Democrats? Because, of course, if the floodgates start opening up even more than they already are, uh, it's starting next month. That's a long time between next month and November for a lot of people to come through. It is. And I think here's another thing, too. I think the American people are getting more educated. They're starting to understand that they're being lied to by this administration, Rita, and that this isn't about illegal immigration. This is first and foremost about border security. But yet when you open your borders up to one crisis or one threat, you're opening your borders up to the vast set of complex threats. And American people are understanding the cartels and smugglers actually use the millions of illegal aliens now that have been encouraged by this administration to come. They use them to carry in drugs. They use them as a distraction, knowing that border patrol agents will be pulled off the line to provide humanitarian assistance, leaving large areas of the border wide open. And what happens? 
gang members are pouring in, criminal aliens are pouring in, drugs are pouring in, and an increased vulnerability with respect to our national security it increases every single day. I think the American people know 100,000 Americans died from a drug overdose in a 12-month period. That's more Americans than died from all the terrorist attacks, the wars of Iraq, Afghanistan, and Vietnam combined. It's, it's unconscionable. I think the American – and we know that the leading death of adults from 18 to 45 is fentanyl. We know the majority of fentanyl comes from open borders. I think American people are starting to get that. Yeah, I do too. And everybody, we're talking to the former acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection under then-President Trump, Mark Morgan. Mark, you hit it on the head about fentanyl. Why is that not being used as a grounds to keep Title 42 in place? Why, why have they not found some creative way to say, hey, listen, this is a major health crisis. They're taking so many of our young people due to fentanyl. It, that's exactly right, Rita. Look, I think you're spot on. I, I mean, for how many years did we hear the opioid crisis was also a public health crisis, right? Well, I, I agreed then, and, and, and I think it's, it's, it's well-placed now. And look, and it's, and it's even beyond the public health crisis from drugs or the public health crisis from COVID. Again, this isn't our first rodeo. We've seen Ebola, H1N1, there's tuberculosis. And look, there, there's going to be another COVID-19. This is going to have a different name. And that's why, again, I'll go back. This is about border security to protect this nation from bad things and bad people from coming in, whether it, it's bad things you can see and touch or those that you can't like an infectious disease. Uh, I, I'm for absolutely keeping Title 42 in. Look, look real quick. You know, I talked to Joe Piscopo. He tells a great story about his great-grandmother coming to Ellis Island and being turned away the first time because she had an eye infection. Wow. Wow. And look at it now. Look at, you know, look at what the standard. In fact, one of the things that people are talking about right now is it's like, okay, there's still COVID issues. Congress is asking for more funds, the Biden administration, and we've seen an increase in cases. But it's like, okay, COVID's everywhere, but it's not on the border. I mean, people, how does the average American understand that? Well, I I think they understand very well that it's all BS, right? I mean, as I was going down to McAllen, again, because we sell national mandates, I had to wear a mask for, for uh, almost nine hours as I traveled uh, down to the southwest border. Uh, uh, toddlers are, are still being forced to wear masks. St. Fauci is telling us that a new variant is upon us, and we may have to go backwards and increase the mandates that we once had. In addition to that, let's not forget the border. In the last 14 months, Border Patrol have apprehended illegal aliens from 157 different countries, Rita. Many of those countries are far behind the U.S., with respect to effectively dealing with COVID. They don't have enough testing. They don't have enough vaccines. I'll give you an example. Haiti, for example, has less than 1% of its population that were, uh, that's been fully vaccinated. Yet now is the time they're going to end Title 42. So here's this is how this is going to play out. You're going to have a family of four or five break into our country illegally, tell the border patrol, demand, hey, hurry up and process and release me so I can get to anywhere in the country I want to go. And oh, by the way, our entire family has COVID. Guess what the border patrol agents now can be forced to do? No problem. Come on in. And Uh, what planet does that make sense? It is outrageous. It really is. And it's frightening. And I think so many Americans are so unbelievably concerned. And, I mean, we also, those images under Del Rio Bridge and some of these other caravans. And it's really frightening to think of what may be coming on, you know, May uh, 24th, you know, the day after that gets lifted. Sure. Mark Morgan, great to have you here. And thank you for all you do to keep us safe and keep our country safe. And your great service to this country, Mark. Thanks, Rita. And, and uh, I feel the same about you. And, and thanks for giving me a few minutes to, to try to get the reality and truth out to, to the American people. Well, you are always welcome on the show. Great to have you here, Mark. Okay, thank you.
Wow. Really interesting to hear what Mark was just telling us there, that an estimated 200,000 maybe career criminals could be crossing over into the border as a result of this administration's policies that we won't be able to check because they're coming from other countries. Not like we're even checking while they're here in this country, but especially if they're coming from another country. Boy, is that a dangerous threat. When we come back, we're going to take your calls on this, what you just heard from Mark Morgan, who is the former acting commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection under President Trump, talking about what he just saw at the border And sadly, what is ahead for us with the lifting of Title 42? And he said it should qualify as an invasion. It could be seen as, quote, a dereliction of duty. The duty is to protect the homeland. And that states should say this is now a hostile situation and we have to protect our state. What do you make of that? And is that the way that maybe some of these governors can protect their states and to protect America? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And many people believe that the Biden administration is putting our lives and our security on the line, like the song says, because, boy, are we in trouble with the lifting of Title 42. And, boy, if you don't think that this administration has their priorities so out of whack, everybody. In the middle of all of this, Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the head of Homeland Security under President Biden, was at the National Action Network last week. That is Al Sharpton's group. And in the middle of all this, with everything that's happening with Russia, Ukraine, and obviously the very serious situation there, the very serious situation at our own southern border, you would think if somebody said, hey, gosh, what are you, what keeps you up at night? What What is the biggest issue to our country, the biggest threat to our country? Um, I mean, I can name about 20 just with those two topics alone. But no, Alejandro Mayorkas, President Biden's Homeland Security Secretary, said it is domestic extremists like white supremacists, not the criminals that are crossing the border that Mark Morgan was just talking about, career criminals. And he's talking about people that have murder on their background and serious crimes that are crossing the border, not the threat to like world order and and world security that's happening with Russia and Ukraine? No, no, no. He says this is the guy who basically, along with Merrick Garland, remember they were talking about parents being domestic terrorists, and now they said, yeah, it's domestic terrorists is still the biggest threat. I couldn't believe this. Take a listen. And what we in the Department of Homeland Security have assessed is that the greatest terrorism-related threat that we face in the homeland is the threat of domestic violent extremism. Individuals drawn to violence because of ideologies of hate or false narratives propagated on social media and other online platforms. And the most prominent... Um, threat is the threat of white supremacists. What? The biggest threat is a threat from white supremacists, not Russia, not Iran, not North Korea, not what's crossing our southern border where they're not checking. 
boy, do they have their priorities so out of line. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Julie, who's in Washington State on line four. Go ahead, Julie. Well, hello, Rita. Hi there. I'm glad you're calling in. What do you think? Well, um, first of all, I listen to you every night. You're great. Thank and, you. And uh, I wanted to let you know that, and I started listening with Rudy. Um, but anyway. Good call, by the way. He's great. Good call. Thank I, you. Yes. And I, I guess what I want to say is looking at, I, I think we all need to look at it from a monetary standpoint, because they're using our taxpayer dollars for all these illegal immigrants. And that is a lot. And, you know, yet they've spoken of spending, giving 450000 to each one of those people, right? Well, you know, why doesn't the Biden administration pay for it? Why should we have to? Yeah, you thousand know? percent. And you know what's interesting, Julie? You bring up a great point because it's states that are incurring the costs. And that's why, you know, people like, you know, Governor Abbott, they're worried about the financial, but they're also obviously worried about the security. And then in places like New York, there's some places where they get extra sort of bonuses, if you will. And that's why a lot of them get dropped off in New York because they hear ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Let's go to Pamela on line seven. Pamela, your thoughts about this? Well, the, the next powerful uh, part of our government is the House, and the and God's blessing to those five who have done their due diligence are patriots this week. That's are you are you talking five. about um, Andy Biggs and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and those folks? Uh, Gibbs, Biggs, Weather, and Babin, and Green. So uh, Arizona, Ohio, Texas, and Georgia—they have filed papers of impeachment. I saw that. The power lies. Well, people are fed up. Uh, Pamela, you're right. People are absolutely fed up. We're going to continue after the break, everybody. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where I love this because every night we honor our great men and women in the military and also their families. A shout out to a great World War II veteran who received some deserved and long overdue recognition. And it happened over the weekend in Kansas. U.S. Navy veteran William Bledsoe was part of the great Merchant Marines During the Second World War, the Merchant Marines had a higher fatality rate, higher than any other service in World War II. And by the way, uh, they will soon be receiving gold medals, congressional gold medals coming up very soon and well-deserved for all of them. They risked their lives every day during the war and Bledsoe went on to marry his beautiful wife of 75 years during the theater, during uh, military theater, he received medals for serving in operations, for serving in the Asiatic Pacific Theater of Operations. Also, he got a World War II Victory Medal. And his wife said it means a lot because when they go in and serve, they never know what's going to happen. And the Bledsoe's said that they will display all these medals and the new ones that they received also in their living room. And what a beautiful tribute to a great member of 
the greatest generation. Well, we are talking about border security because there's a good chance that the U.S. military will be called to keep the peace there because things are going to get a lot more hectic at our U.S. southern border. And we're talking because Title 42 is expected to be lifted, and that is expected to happen next month on May 23rd. And we just had a caller who was talking about the members of Congress that have called for impeachment of President Joe Biden, basically saying that he's it's a dereliction of duty, not just the border, but a number of things. And one of those is Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. This is what he had to say a few hours ago about his big concern of what's going to happen on our southern border. More and more people come in, uh, you know, uh, and and we're not prepared for it in any way. And it'll erode the sovereignty and it'll erode the sanctity of this great nation. And conservative commentator Mark Thiessen said, boy, is there a double standard because suddenly, God, there's no problem with COVID at our southern border. But it looks like everywhere else there's still an issue. Congress is still asking for funds to help with COVID. But yet on the southern border, come on in. Take a listen. There are two issues here. One, the Democrats need to decide, are we in a COVID emergency or not? If we have to wear masks on planes, if all international air passengers have to present a negative COVID test like they do today, if if they're asking for emergency COVID assistance, then apparently we're still in a COVID emergency, except on the border. Uh, so we can't lift the COVID emergency on the border, but not for the rest of us. Yeah, and a lot of people, by the way, have been extremely disappointed with this president. Um, new polls are showing anywhere from 38 to 42 percent are giving him positive remarks. And that's a big difference. A new poll that just came out shows 42 percent uh, that he is getting, and that's a CBS poll. And he had 62 percent job approval rating in March 2021. So in one year's time, he's gone from 62% to 42%. I want to know who are the 42% who are approving him. Because I don't know too many of those. Do you? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil on line two. Phil, your concerns about the border and the way that this administration just seems to be making it a lot more wide open. And this is a huge issue. And I think it's going to be, by the way, Phil, I think it's going to be a huge election issue because we got the midterms right around the corner, and this is not good. Well, it'll be an election issue down in the southwestern states, but I don't think the Northeast will really take notice of it. But the point is there's two points By the way, Phil, I'm going to – and, I'll Phil, I'll let you answer, but I disagree with you because I think what's happened now – Every state has become a border state. And I think, you know, we were talking the last hour, Rob Astorino, Westchester, New York County executive, uh, seeing these flights coming in in the dead of night filled with migrants. So a lot of people, even if it's not necessarily, you know, in their backyard, they're seeing migrants being shipped into their state or they're hearing about it. And I think they care about it, Phil, and are very concerned at least. Well, that's that's one point. But listen, if the, if the people of the state overwhelmingly elected uh, Andrew Cuomo and they they elected the uh, the current mayor of New York and the uh, district attorney, I don't think there's much hope for them. But anyway, getting on to the main point about the border, here's the deal: eight USC one three two five is a federal statute. That's code of federal regulations. And within that statute, it, it deals with illegal immigration. Within that statute is it states very clearly that anyone 
I think it's subsection D, anyone who facilitates the bringing in of a person illegally in violation of the immigration code is subject to fine or imprisonment. You have people within the government who are doing that. They're violating it. The second point is very clear. The problem is not with the border. The problem is behind the border. Excuse me, Mexico. You have Mexico that is just allowing hordes and hordes and caravans of people to come through their country into the United States. I think, listen, if we can bring sanctions against the Soviets and try to slow them down, why in God's name aren't we doing that with Mexico, hitting them and Central American countries with sanctions, saying, if you can't get your, your act straight and keep your people there, and with Mexico to stop letting illegals purposely and facilitating their entry into the U.S., what good is it, right? Sanctions I agree. The- you know what's amazing, Phil? The only time we hear about the other countries being involved is when Kamala Harris, we hear her talking about the root of the problems. And yet it seems like she's acquiescing to these countries. And in fact, we're sending money to these countries to, quote, get to the root of the problem, as opposed to doing exactly what you're talking about. That's a brilliant idea. There should be some sanctions to say, hey, listen, if you bring them to our border and you haven't stopped them in yours, uh, what the heck are you doing? But you know what? This administration has taken the policy that there should be open borders. They've clearly they they clearly seem to have a problem with students across the country in many places where students are still masked up. You know, even after all this time, you still got all those issues lingering COVID in a lot of places. But for some reason, not at the southern border, Phil. Um, But you're right. That is a brilliant idea. I wish they had somebody like you in the administration, Phil. We'd be a lot more better off. Let's go to Jimmy on line one. Jim, your thoughts. You just heard Phil's brilliant idea. I thought it was a great one. Your thoughts, Jim. Yes, but there's an organized movement. You have the Catholic Church and other churches working. They're working uh, with the drug cartels. They're working with the communist parties. This is a massive movement. You notice the people leading this this invasion of America. They march with a large crucifix. These people are taught they're doing God's work. Well, they, they you know what? They're right they're also uh, getting uh, God off a lot of money, too, because a lot of those groups are getting money from the federal government to take care of the immigrants. And for some reason, like you just said, they're not stepping in. United Nations. And for this idiot, Mayorkas, to say the threat to America is white supremacy, Mayorkas should be facing the firing squad. The American people have to wake up. When America falls, Ukraine's going to fall. The whole world will fall. I think when Putin invaded Ukraine, that took a lot of attention away from the internal threat in America. That could be a main reason why Putin invaded Ukraine. It's a world movement. They have America on the ropes. If and when we collapse, they gained the whole world. The globalists, the communists working together. This goes back to Gorbachev. Gorbachev outsmarted everybody. He took away the image of the enemy to strengthen the communist forces in America. Well, and by Gorbachev the way, Jim, succeeded. Jim, hopefully, hopefully uh, we do not fall. But I'm telling you, the fact that that border is so wide open, the fact that we've had lackluster leadership in Ukraine. Um, you're right. All of these things, is, it's, it is such a dangerous combination. And you think about what has happened to this country. And, Jim, thank you very much for the call, Jim. But, you know, I think about how different this country looks in just, boy, a little over a year with this presidency. I mean, when, you know, Trump was there, we had the border wall. We had them returning. We had the remain in Mexico policy. I mean, it, it is night and day 
and it is really very dangerous out of all times right now to have such a uh, open border where they're not even checking criminal records. They can't check cr- criminal records even in these other countries coming in, and especially they're coming them in so fast. You just heard from Mark Morgan. Basically what's happening also at the border essentially is that a lot of the guards are so busy with all the, you know, moving them, detention, processing, trying to process that there's so many gotaways that are just kind of leading into the country. Those are the ones you really got to worry about. I mean, you see the images of all those people getting processed. That's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I mean, this is this is really, really scary stuff. And at a time where there's a lot of sadly people who wish to do us harm, that is a huge, huge concern. Uh, let's go to line four. Uh, go ahead to Russell. Your thoughts, Russell. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts, Russ. Hi, good evening. Uh, just touch on a previous subject, uh, President Biden's uh, great new gun initiative. It's a federal crime to use a firearm in the commission of a felony. And I'd really like to know how many people have been prosecuted by the federal government for these gun crimes. I know what he answered, virtually zero. Yeah, I was going to say All virtually right. zero. I was trying to think, too. You're absolutely right. And what do you think of the fact, too? And by the way, Russ, we are going to be talking about that, too, um, in just a few seconds. But since I have you here, what do you make of the fact that he's going after um, ghost guns? What do you think of that? Uh, it, it seems like they're getting into circulation. Uh, but ghost guns were basically created to frustrate the federal government's regulation of guns. Right. Although, you know, you know, it's interesting, Russ, and I'm a big, you know, a Second Amendment person. But I think in the issue of ghost guns, these guys are designed to be untraceable. They don't have serial numbers. People are buying parts and putting them together and you know, without them being registered in any shape or form. it's kind of, It opens sort of an interesting door. But what I did find interesting is as he was talking about all of this, um, in the middle of all this, and thanks for the call, Russ, we appreciate it, but in the middle of all this, he was so focused on guns, 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 and that seems to be the mantra of the Democratic Party. I think it's okay to go after something like ghost guns because they're a little different than, you know, you don't bring them in and you don't get registered. But on the flip side... I didn't hear a thing about getting tough on criminals. It's like it's always gun control. And where's the thug control? Take a listen. Here's a little bit, actually, of President Biden talking a little bit ago, Russ, about this, about ghost guns and saying that they got to crack down. Buyers aren't required to pass background checks because guns have no serial numbers, these guns. When they show up at a crime scene, they can't be traced. Harder to find and prove who used them. I mean, you can't connect the gun to the shooter and hold them accountable. In fact, the ATF reports that they've been able to trace less than 1%, less than 1% of ghost guns reported by law enforcement. What I'm laughing is that connected to the shooter, when you can connect it to the shooter, this administration doesn't seem to want you to connect it to the shooter. They want to seem like it's like the gun goes off on itself. That the gun should be held responsible, the gun manufacturer should be responsible when it's typical guns, not ghost guns. But yet they don't seem to want to crack down on the perpetrators and even those that have repeat offense. I didn't hear a thing today about, you know, soft on crime DAs. 
What about Gascon and Los Angeles? What about all the different ones around the country that have been soft on crime? San Francisco, Memphis, uh, I mean, uh, you know, a series of them all over the place. You know, I mean, you look at a number of them around the country. Philly, I should say, is one for sure. New York, you know, you got Alvin Bragg in New York. I mean, these guys are just like, you know, it's like a revolving door. And yet nothing today. It's always anything tied to guns. This president seems to want to go after. I agree on ghost guns, this issue. But again, where's the rest of the component? If you really want to be serious about crime, go after these judges who are soft on crime. Go after the DAs who are soft on crime. He seems to be afraid to do that. Well, a little bit ago, I talked to Bill O'Reilly to get his take on all this. Take a listen to what he said. If the federal government really wanted to control gun violence, if they really wanted to do it, they would make all gun crimes federal crimes, just like kidnapping is a federal crime. So if you were caught with a gun in the commission of a crime or a ghost gun on your person, that is a federal offense with minimum jail sentences attached, which means you go to the federal penitentiary. You take it out of the state and locals, you put it into the federal system. So if you rob a bodega and you're convicted, of course, we give due process, and you have a gun, instead of the robbery conviction, which is usually probation, you get a mandatory five years in the penitentiary. Yep, but they are not seeming to want to federalize it. And they also, by the way, don't talk about going after the perpetrator because that is a huge issue. We're going to talk about this. What do you think about ghost guns? Do you think it's smart that at least they're cracking down? But why not make it a uniform form of punishment to those who are using illegal guns? In other words, don't go soft on the perpetrator and hard on the gun. I mean, does this make sense to you? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This administration barely ever makes a reference to the criminal. And in fact, today he basically said, oh, we got to find them jobs. We got to do this. I'm thinking, wait a minute. You really want to be tough on crime and you don't seem to want to go tough on criminals? Boy, is this politics, guys. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about President Biden clamping down on ghost guns. These are the guns that are basically constructed out of materials. There's no serial number. There's no way to trace them. They are illegal guns. And I think it's good that he's clamping down on them. But I want to hear him getting tough on criminals and people who are committing crimes. Of course, this comes at a time where crime is skyrocketing across the country. For example, like New York City, crime is up 37%. Violent crime 37%. And guess what? That also includes like auto theft. That includes pushing people on the subway. That includes a lot of things that are not gun related. 
Uh, but there have been cases of ghost guns of late. Um, and in fact, speaking of New York City, a case that made a lot of headlines across the country. It happened on Friday afternoon when gunfire erupted at the corner of a uh, school and a student at a charter high school was shot and killed walking home from school. And the perpetrator, a 17-year-old, the victim was 16. This teen girl was 16 years old. Uh, But the victim um, was shot, they believe, by this perpetrator who used a, quote, ghost gun. And the mother of the victim was just devastated, needless to say. In this case, made a lot of headlines. Here's the mother of the beautiful little 16-year-old girl who sadly was killed uh, by a ghost gun. My daughter was everything. My daughter was my life. My daughter was my oxygen. My daughter was everything to me. Wow, it is just heartbreaking to hear. And again, it was a 17-year-old. I'm happy to see that they're saying that he's going to now be charged as an adult. So that's good news, you know, because a lot of times they make them uh, basically charge them as a teen and they get a slap on the wrist as a juvenile. Um, But will they actually throw the book at this guy? And I'm curious to see if he had other offenses prior to this. Was it a revolving door? He's a young guy, but it's important he gets a message right now. And this is a major, serious crime. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to line four. Uh, Go to Tom. Tom, your thoughts about this and ghost guns. Uh, I, for me, the last time we spoke was about the funeral of the cops. Uh, I said my son was a cop also, and he did anti-crime. You know, the, they just busted 20 people uh, that they brought, prosecuted, and they were doing this for a whole year, year and a half. They got 20 guns. Anti-crime used to get 20 guns in a month, you know. or you know. But the thing is, a gun, we always had guns. We had plenty of guns in the street back in the 80s and 90s. What happens is a gun will stay on a shelf for a week, a month, a year. Somebody has to pick that gun up and use it. And the people that are picking those guns up and using it are being let out and not prosecuted. You got the, you hit the nail right on the head. With you know, We do got to control guns, but the people that use these guns are not getting any punishment. Wow. They're no. let out in the street. No, I was going to say, and and you know firsthand, as as you're just saying that your son, you know, being a cop, and that is, you you know, you you know, great people like your son can do a superb job and get people arrested, but if that person's back out on the street, and we've seen so many cases across the country where somebody has committed a heinous crime, and you look at their rap sheet, it's like a mile long. It's like how are they ever walking in the street after the first crime? And then someone gave them a, you know, felt bad and did the next thing, and it's like. You know, I feel bad for the victims and their families. And, um, you know, the cops, you guys can only do the best job your son can. Uh, but if there's a revolving door with a soft on crime DA, uh, they're right back out on the streets. And boy, is that frustrating. Um, you know, Tom, thank you. Your perspective is so important. And, and give your son a big hug from us because we love our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Let's go to Norman on line three. Norm, your thoughts about this with ghost guns and the fact that this administration is like, like Norm, you know, we just heard from Tom. It's like his, you know, his his son locks him up and then they're back out on the streets. Right. Hi, Rita. Uh, Concerning the lifting of Title 42 at the border, Biden is concerned about the banning of domestic civilian firearms. What about the hundreds of thousands of military AK-47 and M4 machine guns that we abandoned in Iraq and Afghanistan? 
these guns with no accountability are and will come flooding across the border for sale to the highest bidder terrorists and criminals, as well as drugs. Biden is not concerned about that. You know, Norm, you brought up a great point. And I've often said here on the show that I wish that, what, $83 billion basically worth, remember, it was like a voluminous amount of weapons that were left alone in Afghanistan alone with that disastrous withdrawal. Imagine if that weaponry was brought over to Ukraine right now. Boy, would they want it and use it and use it in their fight against the Russians. And you're right. Who's to trace that? They just left him. They left him in the Taliban's hands. And he's trying to crack down on guns in America. But then he leaves them out with the worst of the worst terrorists. And we have no idea where they are. That was a great point. Everybody have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.